Esme. She's a queen. This is dedicated to all my beautiful queens, all my beautiful ladies out there. She's a queen. Go queen. So thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Q Chat Pod Show. Today, my special guest is Coach Randy, and Randy is listed as a truth coach. And Randy touches on a lot of topics that are really important, but one of his main missions is just helping others living in true authenticity and their personal truth. So we're going to crack in and dive into a lot of topics just to help everyone gain some clarity and how they can live in their purpose. So how are you doing today? Oh, everything is amazing. Actually, amazing. Always. Awesome. <laughs> I wouldn't see it any other way. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So I'm so happy to speak with you. Like I said, you have some very powerful missions and purpose and topics, you know, with your platform. And I'm really excited to talk with you. So first off, I want you, if possible, to explain to everyone that is going to tune in, just describe your mission as a truth coach. Well, well, I actually started out calling myself a life coach. Mm-hmm. And over the time, what I realized was the, the issues that people were bringing to me, they really want the culprit of the problem. They were just a, a, a I would like to call it like a, maybe a, uh, offspring of what the real issue is. And the, come to find out that a lot of people were thinking about everybody around them instead of self. And 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 then one thing that we had, I had to realize was, and I looking through the, my own lenses, using myself as an example, I was being a people pleaser, but I was living in misery. Mm. Because I was avoiding the feelings, hurting the feelings of others while I sacrifice my own. Yeah. See, we, we we get so caught up in not wanting to lose external factors that we start losing all of our internal factors. And that uh-huh. internal factor that we're afraid to face is the truth. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the truth. Yes. It's the truth. You know, and, 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 you know, the truth truly shall set you free, but it also may put you in a place of aloneness for a little while. But would you rather be alone and happy or alone and suicidal? See, I realized that I was standing in a suicidal place, high anxiety. Uh, my, my doctors were trying to put me on Xanax and things of that nature. Uh, and I'm like, dude, I don't want to be incoherent hmm. to try to find happiness. So what I did was I went back to my story (laughs) and I started analyzing, when did this happen, Randy? When did it happen? When did I lose myself trying to gain everything else? And and, and, and for years, I was stuck as a 10-year-old boy. A 10-year-old boy? I'm a 47-year-old man. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize until 20... 19, then it was time to grow up and be a man about it. Be a man about it. Be a man enough to know that my strength starts with me Mm. and then allow my energy to attract that which shall be with me instead of trying to cultivate an environment that that's like a magnet that pulls all the things. See, but one thing about a magnet, it doesn't discriminate. It brings Mm. the things that you need if it's conducive, but it also will bring in the things that you don't need if they're conducive as well. Wow. (laughs) Wow. You, um, and I'm hoping I answered your question, but you know, that's the best way for me to explain how important the truth is. And that's what birthed truth coach Randy. I said, Randy, you have to take on the responsibility of helping people, not forcing just helping them to see how important they are 
See, we forget about that simple piece. You are important. Mm-hmm. Well, Stop. interviews are over. You just said everything. <laughs> I know. I mean, you, oh my God, you just hit so many points, you know? Wow. Like, I, <laughs> you really hit a lot of points. And it, I have a lot of questions that I already, you know, want to ask you just based on the research I've done on you, but just based off what you said, you really touched on a lot that I want to ask you already, you know, because I know, like you mentioned, so many things, you know, just from what I've read about you and then living your truth. So one of the things I already was planning to ask you, just like you said, okay, so when we do live in our truth, right, there's going to be people that's going to be offended by living in your truth, whether it's people who have contributed to some of you know the abuse that we've endured in the past whether it's people who maybe have taken advantage when we weren't truthful with ourselves and you hit the main thing that a lot of us suffer with people pleasing so as we all god when we live in people pleasing there's those those vultures you know what i'm saying they have yes off that weakness are benefited off just not having that confidence to say hey the simple two-letter word that can set us all free, the word no. You know, oh. so what I want to ask you, <laughs> so what I want to ask you just based on, you know, what you said just now and what I already read about you before we even got started, that's the thing. Like you just said, what would, would you like to just have all these people around you and be suicidal? Would you rather be happy and alone? That's such a powerful statement that you said. So how, how how can we navigate that balance? Okay, because a lot of us are enlightening ourselves, especially after COVID. A lot of people had time to really review their lives and say, hey, I need to make some changes, you know, for, for true happiness. In those journeys, a lot of us have become isolated or we have to let a few people go. You know what I'm saying? Or it ruffled a few feathers. How do you find that balance though for that happiness and peace? Because let's say, for example, Walking in your truth may have isolated you from certain family or friends that can't tolerate the new you that says no, and they get upset or they get offended and they can't handle the new person. How do we find that balance, though, so that we don't necessarily revert into unhappiness or depression because our new truth may have set us free, but now we got people having an issue with it trying to pull you back into that people pleasing person you know what i'm saying so how do you find that balance and get that peace for a lot of us who are kind of struggling with hey i want to live in my truth and not be this people pleaser anymore but then you got all the people that benefited from it trying to pull you back in so where's the balance you know I, I'm a, I, I, I love to use myself as an example because if people see that me as a coach had the trouble and I'm not just doing this because, you know, I claimed it to be my purpose and things of that nature. You got to understand that this did not just happen. This was given to me through my transgressions. And one thing that I began to realize over the years was, and, 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 I, and I commend my wife for, for opening my eyes to it because I would always walk around depressed and I'd be like, um, this person, this, you know, you always have these scenarios and you've created all these scenarios about people and, and you got all, everybody has a story with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My wife said, yep. babe, she said, babe, you are running yourself crazy. And I was literally running myself crazy. Mm. And she said, let me, let me tell you something that I observed. She said, babe, the people that you're trying to save don't even fool with you. I said, and I didn't get it. Mm. I didn't get it because I'm like, because I'm talking about, I'm, 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 I'm talking about very, very close, close family members. See, mm-hmm. we automatically assume that the baggages that were given to us when we were placed on this planet are supposed to stick with us throughout our duration on this planet. Mm. So we find it in our mind to keep ourselves guilty because we feel like that's the way it's supposed to be. That Mm. guilt turns into high levels of anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, not knowing how to handle your own household because you're still trying to figure out why you didn't get what you wanted to get out of your household that you had to live in. See, we, 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 we always say what we don't want to be. You know, I, you know, I'm not going to be like that. 
I'm not going to be like that. But those people also make this same excuse. I'm just like my XYZ. I just don't happen to be just like them. No, no. You're choosing at that point. Once you know what you should be doing, but you make an excuse to keep doing what you have been doing, you don't want to improve. So you've chosen mm. those levels of, of unhappiness. See, I call it self-inflicted mental illness. Mm. See, there are many levels to mental illness, but see, this is the one that people don't pay attention to because in my community, it's the elders know best because they live through it. No, they live through a, a space and time, but they're not mm. living through this space and time. So maybe they need to listen to me a little bit too. Mm. But see, we don't mm -hmm. want to do that. And you know, that's how I try to teach the youth. You know, I, I try to teach the youth you know, because because mental illness starts very early now. I'll give you a prime example. I was speaking with some 10 through 14-year-olds. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. And, and, and I walked in the room and I told them, I said, today, you're going to have a voice. I said, we're not disrespecting parents or anything of that nature, but will you have a conversation with me? I want you to have dialogue. So I asked them and I said, I want you to tell me what can you change about yourself? This young man was 12. What can you change about yourself that will make you a better person tomorrow? This person gave me an answer that it takes me weeks to get out of an adult. He said, sir, I got a short fuse. I said, wait a minute. He said, wow. I pop off at the smallest things. I said, okay. I said, rebuttal question. Why? Ooh, boy, I get, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. He's looked at me and said, because I don't know how to express my feelings. Mm. I said, now, wait a minute. I said, how old are you, son? He said, I'm 12. I said, you got it. You got it. You got it. At 12 years old, you wow. found out what will turn you into a statistic. See, people don't understand that carrying that kind of weight on you where you have a short fuse and you don't know how to express your feelings because you're, you you got to be the man. See, the thing you got to understand about being a man is it takes a real man to express their emotions. Mm -hmm. it takes a real man to understand that it's healthy to cry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's healthy to go and say, that's not what I want. Don't try to save the world. Save yourself first. Save yourself first. And and and, and you know, and I, you know, I can you know, I can go. <laughs> I just hope I'm giving you. I'm hope I'm giving you what you need from these questions. But all of in course. all, all in all, it's oh my God, I, my mission when when I when I was given my purpose, my purpose was simply to help change the world one person at a time. See, the thing, the beauty about dominoes, there are strong individuals that have to understand how to stand on their own in order to have their rightful place amongst the multitude. <laughs> this is, you know, and what you mentioned too about being able to identify your emotions now, of course, for women as well, you know, just being able to express your emotions and being able to identify your yes. triggers, you know, yes. identify the, of your wounds. That's the part where it's like, it's that's the part that we're all trying to navigate. Even when you said previously how you were that 10-year-old boy, that's my whole thing yes. about when we're dealing with trauma, when we're dealing with mental illness, or we're dealing with anxiety and depression or just stress alone, a lot of us are walking around, we're adults on the outside, the shell is an adult, but a lot of us are dealing with depression, anxiety, hurt, pain, because we're still that 10-year-old or that 5-year-old or that 7-year-old or that 13-year-old yes. that trauma that we haven't figured out, like that young prince who was able to identify his issues at 12. You know, a lot of us haven't had that luxury. And another thing that you touched on, just with our elders, a lot of, and I've, I've used a scenario with a lot of people I've talked with. We do live now in a generation where we are comfortable identifying 
mental illness, right? We can say, okay, well, this individual is bipolar. This individual deals with depression. That person deals with anxiety. Can you imagine our previous generation? What they didn't have late. Oh no, you're just crazy. (laughs) Right, and a lot of us have our generations who were literally raised and reared by people who were dealing with some level of a mental illness there were Mm -hmm. no labels for that they didn't know what that uh, that was you couldn't talk about it there was no one to seek help with in that generation prior to that as well which is why we all are the new generation of people who do have the the beauty of having the opportunity to break these generational curses, but a lot of times I don't think we look into look into it that deeply. That let's say grandmama had a mental illness and grandmama was raised by the daddy that had a mental illness. It's so possible that that really is what was taking place. Mental illness didn't just start yesterday. You know, like this exactly. had always been case. It's just that we now have labels for it. We can identify. We can say, okay. I can speak to a therapist, but can you imagine the past generations? There was nowhere to go. So I think that's the thing that right now, especially like you, you're, you're, we're around the same age. I'm 45, you know, this new generation, we're able to identify different things. And again, the truth hurts. You can't really go to everybody and say, hey, well, you know what? No. This is my enlightenment. You know, like they're no. looking at you like, what? Like, what are you talking about? You know, one thing, they don't one, want thing to that, one thing that I like and I would like to, to suggest to parents. Talk to your kids. Mm. Don't and and and, 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 and and when I when I say to see I grew up in a and I grew up in a shut up neighborhood. <laughs> you, you, be quiet. Mm-hmm. That's why I was 10 for so long, because at 10 I got very inquisitive and had questions. And I was always told, be quiet. Right. You know, you got this to your elders. Blah, 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 this, this, then the third. Talk to your kids. I remember, I have two daughters. They're now 12 and 13. I remember they were about five and six or six and seven. And we were feeling some weirdness in the house. Now, now you, how do you feel weirdness amongst these types of kids? Mm. I said, you know what, babe? I went to my wife. I said, we need to do something. We need to get a, this is going to be like no parent zone. Kids understand respect, so let's close the parent door and let's open the door for open dialogue. When I did that to my kids, my kids started talking to me about the pressure. Now, mind you, I have homeschool kids. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They were feeling the pressure from peers at that age because they were living a different lifestyle from them. And it was taking my babies into into depression. They started not being focused in school because they didn't want to be it, that, you know, that we were being so much smarter than the other kids and the kids were starting to pick on us because we did things that they didn't know how to do. And I'm like, no, wait a minute. That don't even make sense. But right, right. at six and seven, those are the moments that help you to prevent childhood suicide. Mm. Those are the moments that you childhood depression, childhood therapy sessions. I've been in my man, I've been in therapy since I was 12. Wait a minute, you 39. Mm, <laughs> they haven't mm, figured mm. out yet that the problem is in the mirror. Stop mm. trying to find issues around you and let's talk about the room that you control. Mm. Let's wow. talk about what you control. Mm. See. I had to take myself out of the scenario of having anyone to depend on because some people in this world only have to depend on themselves. They've lost everything around them. How long are you going to hold yourself accountable for everybody else before you hold yourself accountable? Mm. Hold yourself accountable. I'm not saying mental illness is a pop of the finger, but I will say this. A lot of things that aren't chemical that are fit that are mental go back through your story go all the way back i'm talking about go back as far as you can remember now tell the story through your eyes don't tell the story through the eyes of the the reader don't tell your story through the eyes of the one that watched you write the story tell the unadulterated version that came from you 
That's the one where the problem lies. I want you to talk to me about how you did not like the fact that on Saturday mornings, you got woke up at six o'clock every Saturday morning. And you're like, mm-hmm. why do you wake me up at six o'clock? Because you've got to, well, I had to get up at six o'clock, so you're going to get up at six o'clock. See, parents don't think about the fact that that could be traumatizing to their child. Mm-hmm. Not the fact that six o'clock is a problem, it's the way you did it. Mm-hmm. You take that kid and you say, let me talk to you, son or daughter. See, the reason why I want you to get up at six o'clock in the morning is because I'm training you now mm. for later so mm. that you can train yours later. Because to me, if I get up after eight, I've lost a lot of my day. So I'm just trying to help. I'm just giving you a piece of what makes me peaceful. Mm. If you choose not to do it, you choose not to do it. But you need to respect me now so that I at least lay the right foundation. Now give that child an opportunity to ask questions. Oh, my God. Mm. Do you not know how far that would go? Mm. <laughs> you know, once again, and something else that I wanted to mention, because obviously we're discussing mental health, we're discussing suicide, you know, things like that. There's still a taboo around these topics that we're discussing, especially amongst our community. If we get even deeper, I definitely think amongst Black men, I think, yes. you know, is there even an audience for you guys to be free to discuss this? So what is your perspective? You know, obviously the Q chat is the conversation amongst Queens, but when we're talking about mental health and suicide, this is a, this is something that affects our entire community. But I want to ask you from the perspective of a black man though, how do you guys navigate through that taboo because just just from what I'm seeing I'm saying this from the perspective of a black woman what where do you guys get to discuss this you know where do you guys get to have a place where you have that transparency where you're not facing any taboos how do you guys because you know black men you know the real black men that are handling their business and taking care of their families and then on top of that you got to deal with all the social problems that we're having in this world. How do you guys manage to take care of your mental health? And when you are having some some struggles, to be able to express that in a non-judgment, you know, for example, how you, do you guys navigate? You hit, you hit the nail on the head when you said, when you talked about the responsibility of a man. Mm-hmm. See, men gets too caught up in the responsibility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have to understand that the word help is not a cancer. Mm. <laughs> the word I don't know how is not a cancer. Mm. It's not a cancer to not be able to do it all. Mm. We get too caught up. And then I'm going to tell you, but the biggest man issue is called ego mm. that is followed closely by pride. Mm. That is a problem. And these two words almost made, almost lost my best friend, who is my wife, mm. because of that. Not because I did anything wrong, not because of infidelities, not because of this, not because of that. It was called pride and ego. Mm. Because I wanted to be the, the, the one to bring home the prize, forgetting that I had a partner. But you got to think, I was traveling a road that was paved by somebody else. Mm. I did not want to be that person. So I had to realize that um, <laughs> they probably finna judge me, baby. <laughs> they finna judge Randy. They finna call me henpecked. They finna call me whooped. They finna call me all of that. Mm. But how important is my happiness? Mm. So I went and I said, and I, and I told her, and I want guys, I want y'all to listen to this. I told her, I said, I mean, you tripping, but I'm bringing it home. You, 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 you won't, you know, just, just for lack of, just for lack of an easy conversation. You want to ask me for $10,000. I go out there and grind and I bring you $10,000. And you like, that's cool. You're like, what's the problem? She's like, I knew you could get me the money. I just wanted to see if you'd be mad enough to allow me to be a part of the process. I said, golly. Wow. I've been stressing myself out trying to figure out why we can't always be on this. Mind you, this is 19 years. When we see 19, 18, 19 years into my marriage. Mm. And I'm going, 
wait a minute. I said, so, I said, so let me ask you something, babe. I said, so all these years that I've been trying to figure out what to do to make things right was sitting right in my lap, and it was called allowing you to be a part of the process? She said, dude, I want you to be the man. Mm. I just want to be able to watch the process with you so I can possibly make things a little easier. Mm. When I tell you, when I let my pride and my ego go, <laughs> when I tell you and I allowed her to be a part of me, not 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 80-20, but 50-50, for real, for real, 50-50, we had argument since. It's 2022. Wow. It's and I said all that to say, sometimes it ain't that hard to fix it. If you talk to that person that you look at every morning before you talk to anybody else and ask them what the hard decision you need to make today to make your life better later on. Mm. Well, another thing I want to ask you based off of what you just mentioned, which this may veer off topic slightly, but we talked about, you know, the male responsibility. One thing I want to ask you, just based off what you just mentioned, I know like there's a lot of talk now about the whole notion of toxic masculinity, where I feel like a lot of times, Black males in particular, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mother of two sons in addition, but I feel like a lot of Black men in particular, they face a lot of pressure to live up to something. So on top of everything else they have to deal with, just like you mentioned oh maybe being labeled henpeck I feel like just like the whole Russell Wilson thing a lot of people actually say negative things about someone who's taking care of their family oh well he's a simp and all that type of nonsense what is your take on toxic masculinity I've had this conversation with other male friends on what do they feel about that do you feel like it I guess just like you mentioned okay in order to be happy like certain decisions that you made because you were literally at risk of losing your best friend which was your spouse I think some people some males may not correlate that together you know like okay it doesn't matter what if society says I'm going to be labeled as maybe a simp or something like that which I think is from my perspective I think it's silly that a person a man could be labeled as weak or something just by caring or just by being shown maybe a softer exactly. side, you know, or maybe just showing a softer <laughs> side, I just, it just it, it doesn't make sense to me. You know, mind you, I'm I'm a woman saying this, so like, but so how do you think that could also affect a man's mental health, their anxiety, or depression, toxic masculinity trope in the back of their mind? Like, oh, if I do this, am I going to be labeled as weak, or am I going to be labeled as a simp? You know, like. How do, how do you guys navigate through that? And like I said, I know it's veering off slightly, but whenever I do get the opportunity to talk to a Black male, I like to get their, your perspective just so we can also get a clearer understanding of what you guys are dealing with. The thing about it is with me, <laughs> the simp is the one that don't think for themselves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, um, one thing about Russell is Russell does it Russell's way. He's always did it Russell's way. I remember when he went to Wisconsin, you know, he played lower level and he went to Wisconsin. He did it his way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's how he got to Seattle. And he did it in Seattle his way. Mm -hmm. He didn't listen to what people said about Sierra and her baby daddy. He did it his way. Right. <laughs> and, and and look at them now. They're smiling every day. <laughs> right. See, Russell thinks about Russell. And that's what people need to do. Men need to think about their sales. Stop worrying about what the world has to say about you. You're already getting a bad rap. Mm. Walk in your skin. Wow. Walk in your skin. First of all, if you're with a woman and you ain't handpicked and whipped, you got the wrong one. <laughs> Period. In that mm. order. Mm. <laughs> if you're not there, you, you need to try again because you played enough. You only get one good chance at that first time. See, if you did it right to get her, I guarantee you a lot of the stuff you did, people would consider to be weak. Oh, but since you dating and you chasing, it's okay to 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 be a little bit under the radar, but once you get her and secure, now you got to be the man again. Nah, see, I'm gonna tell you something about me. I'm a fisherman. 
And if I go out and I catch a 20-pound catfish using chicken liver, mm. I'm not going and fishing with beef liver next week. I don't care what y'all did. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way you fishing. I know what bring me home my food. I'm going to stay consistent. And with a woman, if you was doing mm. all this special stuff with that woman, fellas, don't become this different man once she say I do. If you mm. had her plate fixed every day for the first eight to ten months that y'all was dating, and I'm assuming that you found out what you wanted early and you did the right thing by her, and you didn't wait 10 to 15 years, you know, that's just, that's just the way I feel about it. <laughs> but and, and you've been doing it the right way to get her. Why would it change once you put your, her, your name on hers and that was well you know the rules of the, of the survival is you supposed to do this or you my boy that's not what I fell in love with <laughs> I fell in love with you doing those special things for me why are you gonna change that we together and then see that's where the irreconcilable differences come from because mm -hmm. they don't know how to, they don't know how to say the problem is you are not the man I married. What you mean ain't the man you married? I'm I'm going to work every day from nine to five. I'm bringing home, I'm paying all the bills and this, this, and we going on vacation. Yeah, we are. But you know what you're not doing? You ain't rubbing my feet no more. <laughs> you don't tell me I'm pretty no more. <laughs> huh. You know what I'm saying? You, know, you used to make sure that when I got home that my favorite cocktail was waiting on me. Now you want me to pour you a drink. That's so simple. <laughs> Yeah, it's simple, but those are the simple things that I fell in love with. I fell in love with your compassion and your your attention to detail and the fact that you understood. I just told my daughter <laughs> the other day, my wife, I was not even, I was working in the in the kitchen area and I heard my wife say, somebody bring me my phone charger. And I just, out the blue, had her phone charger and my daughter looked at me and I said, and if you ain't got you a man, baby, that's always listening. <laughs> And paying attention to you, you don't need him. Mm. I said, and I ain't telling you that I'm perfect, but I'm telling you one thing. Ask your mom how she feel when that happens. And she said, I'm going to tell you something about your daddy. He always been paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> See, it ain't hard to keep a woman. It's hard to keep doing what you did to get her. <laughs> you just left into some insight for sure. So I want to go back to with your coaching. Now, we obviously talked about just getting to the source, you know, the root of a lot of our traumas, which, of course, has stemmed back to childhood. There's a show I always tell people this as well. Like I, I tend to watch a show on A&E called Intervention, and it's about people, you know, yeah. who are, have addictions. And the unique thing about this show is, they always have a segment when they go back to the individual, whoever that subject is, they break down literally from the moment that person was born there and generally interview their parent or whatever. And they talk about from the very beginning of that person's life up to the present. And I would say about 90% of each one of those episodes, each one of those individuals had experienced some sort of trauma and now they have an addiction. It's always an untreated trauma. I say about at least 90% of those episodes. <laughs> and it's so unique to me because it just is an example of how severe things can get when you do have untreated trauma that has happened in your childhood or when you were younger that has not been addressed and treated. So going back to you know, your journey as a coach and, you know, your own personal journey, when you do work with clients, what would you say has been like a common thread of what they are personally dealing with? Because I, just like you said, I feel like a lot of times, you know, we gathered a bunch of people who are on these truth journeys. We tend to all have similarities and traits are just similarities that we may talk about stuff that we experienced as a child. You know, like a lot of us have similar upbringings. We may have grew up in families where we were not allowed to express ourselves, you know, or even talk about our feelings, things like that. You know, like, what is that? You know, so it's like a yeah. lot of times people have the same similarities. 
So in your experience from your own personal journey and with your clients, what would you say are some of the most common links that a lot of people share? And again, the second part of that question is, which we've touched on it a lot, of course, in this conversation, what are some of those steps to move forward and free yourself? Because a lot of people are still struggling and they don't know how to get to the truth to set them free, literally. You know, like they know they, but some have identified they have a problem. They know that they're going through the same cycles and patterns, but they just cannot figure out how to get out of it. You know, so what's your take on all of that? When just your experience, like what are some of the common things that you come across and what are the steps just to free, just for everyone to just be free? This is, this is kind of like the segue perfect into my coaching style. Um, It's not, it's, it's not a particular thing. It's a, it's just a particular moment in time. So what I what I the way I coach is I use an approach that um, I have a copyrighted approach. It's called the Sims approach, and the Sims approach it starts with the story, implementation, manifestation, and show and tell. So what what I, what the way this works is you you people don't really know. Sometimes the problem is not known. It's because we always want to see the big issues and hope that by solving something big, the small things will just fall into place. And 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 that was what my problem was. I was basing my traumas on religion and basing my traumas on the fact that I was supposed to listen to my elders and I shouldn't have an opinion right now because my opinion is biased. It's not biased. It's not strong enough because of my age and things of that nature. But in reality, my trauma was coming from that, but it was coming from the fact that they had put a, a dam up for me. So, mm. but that, but that dam ended up backfiring on me. See, I thought by when I, when I, when I, when I got older, that by me be, being rebellious to the rules that were set in place, that it was going to make me happy. See, it wasn't that, that, that was the problem. The problem was the people that had put me in that position needed to understand why I was the way I was. But see, mm. by having those conversations, I was taking a part of taking the possibility of being segregated from people like my mom, you know what I mean? <laughs> people like my brothers and sisters, but you, I had to ask myself, Randy, what are you going to do when you get kids? What are you going to do when you get a wife? Mm. Are you going to continue to be this scared individual to speak your, speak your peace? Because if so, you're going to be a loner. So by me finding that piece, now I had to ask myself, I go to the eye. Now, this process does not happen overnight. You, This process may be a revolving door. You may, some people can do several problems at a time, but some people need to do them one at a time. So you take that mm. one thing, you take that one thing, and it's like, you know what, Randy, you know what you got to do? You got to, some kind of way, you just got to sit your mom down, and you got to say, mom, I just want to talk to you. And, and, and no disrespect, but can we talk about, why I was depressed for like 15 years in my life. <laughs> you know, and it's nothing that I, I just need to talk to you about it because you are part of my depression. And it should be a healthy conversation. Right. Because, because what people don't understand is that conversation may not only help you, it may also help the individual that you're talking to because you don't know what their trauma is coming from. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's my that, that's how I started my implementation process that I but that I is so important because that I will actually throw you back to the S several times because as you mm-hmm. fix one problem it's like it's like plumbing <laughs> you fix one leak and then you find another leak but you can't find that second leak because the water flows downstream mm-hmm. so you got to start at the top and work your way down but Lord knows once you finally start manifesting things after you've implemented that change, see, that's the new person that walks with their chest high. Now, yeah. they might still have problems, but they actually see it's like math is math is my favorite subject. Why is math my favorite subject? Because math has a definitive answer. Mm. It has a definitive answer. One plus one is two. You can you can write it out. Whatever you do, it's going to always be two. <laughs> That's how right. I feel like the Sims approach does. It helps people to get to a, 
definitive answer. Now you can start focusing on something else. Now the healing begins. I don't want to have a client 10 years from now and we're still having the same conversation. At this mm. point, you just might well just start donating money to my account. I don't need to help you no more. <laughs> just shoot me that bread every week. <laughs> if right. I'm not giving you a definitive situation. So once that manifestation process comes, now you're walking differently. You're talking differently. You're you're with your spouse differently. You're raising your kids differently. You're having these better conversations. You're smiling. As I like to tell people all the time, every day is a beautiful day because you got another chance at it. See, when you start mm. living like that, when it's all love, all day, all the time, when you start living like that, now you start changing those around you because they got to get in where they fit in or they need to go somewhere else because your light is illuminating. So the show and tell part, you don't have to talk about it. You just be about it. Mm. Wow. But you know, the thing about it too, like you mentioned, having that sit down, you know, with family, that is like one of the hardest things for a lot of people to get to because it's really a toss up. Some families, you have the luxury where the person is really receptive and they will listen. And I don't know if it's a cultural thing, but some of us, we do not have those type of families. Like they're not going to give you that grace to listen because as you mentioned, having that conversation can also identify things in that individual and some people- they don't have the tools to to do that, to accept that. Because again, yeah. I think in, a, in our generations, you know, in our culture, it's just like, again, because you, you're walking on that slippery slope where, you know, it's being disrespectful or, you know, you have to hold your elders in this particular reverence, even if they are just dead <laughs> wrong. You know, like, exactly. you still got to put them on that pedestal and you can't speak up. And I think that's the part that, it's such a disservice, you know, to people wanting to heal or people just wanting to really get to another, just another way of thinking in their life, for, like you said, in order to be free, in order to just let go of a lot of shackles. And it sometimes, you know, like I said, it's, it's a real toxic because in some families you do become, like you mentioned, segregated. And I've personally experienced that you know you feel segregated because now it's like okay I'm looking through things from a different lens so I can identify oh, no, you think you better you think you better than them you know that's why we go with it that part, <laughs> that part that's 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 our line oh they who they think they oh they think they better now you know exactly. because you want to be free because <laughs> you want right, to be free really, because <laughs> that's because it's like oh how dare they not live in dysfunction you know if you want to translate what that means to me exactly. it's like how dare they not living our dysfunctional, our dysfunction. You know, like how dare they try, you know, to well, get you know, to another Well, you know, it's easy to live state. in dysfunction. It's hard to live in peace. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because everything around the, you is already in dysfunction, so you fit right in. Mm-hmm, that part. But yeah, you know but that when you peaceful. People, but you know what's the ironic part? When people say, oh, they think they're better. In a sense, yeah, they are better because they're healing. <laughs> I've started owning yeah, my belt. I are. tell them, you think you're better than me? I say, I do. But then I explain to you why. <laughs> I'm not going to make you think Never. it because you think it's about finances. It's about this. and that. No, 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 baby. It's about my peace. It's about mm-hmm. the fact that I'm okay with who I am, where I am, and who I do it with. I'm not That's out here right. looking for friends. I'm not out here looking for associates. I'm out here looking for my happiness and I allow the atmosphere to bring me what I should have. Mm-hmm. That part. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so this has been an amazing conversation, but I want to end it with a question that I do ask all of my guests. So with the Q chat, we focus of course on mental health and healing But of course, for me, this all leads to self-love. You know, we're all walking around that child inside of us that deserves that healing. We're adults who have the child inside of us who deserves the love and the peace that we could not get at age 10 or 7 or 14 or whatever it was when our innocence may have changed or our shift in our perspective may have changed. 
And it is my belief that when we get to the point in our lives where we are able to embrace self-love and literally love ourselves, meaning from the outside to the inner and also loving and owning and taking accountability, just knowing what we truly deserve, knowing we deserve that peace, knowing we deserve to not have that dysfunction, knowing we deserve better, we deserve happiness in our relationships romantically or with our family or with our friends. Once we have truly embraced self-love, we can definitely own our truth and be free. So I want to ask you, what role has self-love played in your life? And also, how do you define self-love for yourself? You know, we talked about a lot of important things, you know, just just the conversation along with Black men. You guys deserve to have that piece, too, because I think we, I mean, hell, I have a brand that centers around Black female empowerment. <laughs> black female empowerment is a huge thing, but I never hear Black male empowerment. Like, that's something that doesn't even sound right coming out of my mouth, because that's just something we don't touch on you know what i'm saying exactly. like black women we're finally you know <laughs> at least it's trendy for us to talk about being empowered but you know we have had a serious conversation on what our black men truly deserve so what is your take on self-love how has self-love played a role in your life in your journey and finding your truth well for a long time i thought that self-love was all physical you know, appearance and, you know, the clothing and side buff, you know, those things, being in shape and things like that. But the one thing that I can say saved me was the day that I started affirming to Randy out of my mouth that I was worthy, mm. that, 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 that I was good enough, that it's okay to make a mistake as long as you don't give up. Mm. you're not going to be perfect but striving for perfection always gives you an opportunity these are the things that i consider to be self-love telling yourself stop waiting on others to give it to you give it to yourself give it to yourself continuously give it to yourself be your own encouragement mm. stop allowing a bad day to make a bad week that was a moment in time. Don't linger on that moment in time. Analyze it and try to be better and start mm. being better by telling yourself you're worth another chance. Mm. See, we're not encouraged to do this because we're encouraged as men to do it for everybody else. And nobody ever says, how are you doing, sir? Mm. They always ask you, first thing they'll say is, how the kids? How's the wife? <laughs> you saw me first. <laughs> right, right. Because that's not, you're not your responsibility. Your good works come from the works that you do. No. Your good works start with taking the first right step. Mm. And the first right step is taking control of self first. So that's what I do. I wake up every morning, I look in that mirror and I say, you're the best father, husband, friend, entrepreneur, truth coach. You are the one. You were put here for a reason. Now go do your purpose and don't ask for permission to do what you've been given to do. And everything wow. else is going to fall into place. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much for this conversation. This has been absolutely refreshing just to have this conversation and like I said it's always important to from my platform to also give a chance for men to come on you know and give their perspective it's truly important I mean unfortunately we also live in a society where we have like these platforms that really feed off the toxicity and like oh yes Lord, that's another conversation. <laughs> exactly. It's a whole different episode, you know, and they really thrive off of division, you know, with men and women, especially Black men and women. So it's always important for me to have the other perspective, you know, where you're welcome to come here and talk and give us some insight, you know, so we can truly understand each other. And I definitely appreciate your transparency and just giving us some insight. I really appreciate that. So before we end everything, 
please let everybody know how they can reach out to you, how they can find you on social media, and how they can learn more. Again, guys, this is Coach Randy, the Truth Coach. So let everybody know how they can find you. Yeah, you can find, I'll keep it simple. You can find Truth Coach Randy everywhere, at Truth Coach Randy. And don't forget to check out Truth University at the T-H-E, Sims Approach. Dot com and got something special coming here i uh, got a book coming my first book will be coming out here in about the next 30 days and mm. the title the truth of the matter is <laughs> awesome so well, we're gonna, well, gonna have a good time with that one uh, but yeah you can find true coach randy everywhere at true coach randy awesome i'll definitely be on the lookout for that book and you'll definitely have to come back to promote it like i said again I definitely appreciate just the gems that you dropped and just thank you for just using what you went through and giving back to others. You know, I think that's the important thing when we can find our truth that we, you know, extend that hand to help others who are still struggling and who deserve, like I said, every single person on this earth deserves happiness and peace. So just thank you for putting those gems out there and using your purpose in order to help others. I really do appreciate it. And I definitely enjoyed this conversation. And again, thank you for having me. Thank you. Like I said, this has been great. So again, everyone who has tuned in, I hope you guys have really absorbed everything that Coach Randy has given us in this conversation. We all are that, we have that inner child in us that deserved that peace. And they didn't get it then, but we have the blessing and the tools right now and it may not be easy I promise you it's not going to be easy but it will be worth it we all deserve peace we deserve happiness and we deserve joy don't let anybody try to make you think that you have to continue to live in dysfunction that you have to continue to live in the past that you have to own depression and anxiety and stress we're better than that we are not those children anymore we can have better and we deserve better. So please, again, don't let anyone make you think that you don't deserve to have that peace and happiness. It all starts with that reflection in the mirror. You deserve to have that peace and joy. So whatever it takes, please, I hope that you guys take that first step in order to enlighten yourselves and just have better. You deserve to live a life of peace and joy. So thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you check out this episode and more. Just go to www.thekeychat.com and make sure you love yourself. Go hug yourself and be safe. Thank you, guys. Go queen, go queen, go queen, go. Represent, you're a queen, you're a queen, oh.